Hi, I'm Bryant Wright, president of Sin Relief. At first glance, Living Hope Church in Columbus, Ohio, looks like your average, everyday church plant. Inside their auditorium, there's a stage with a podium and a drum set and a guitar stand. There's maybe a hundred chairs, and then there's a soundboard in the back of the room. But if you leave their worship space and walk through the side exit into the room next door, you'll see something completely unexpected. Stacked on warehouse shelves that reach 30 feet into the air are sofas and recliners and tables and mattresses. This room looks nothing like a church plant. It looks like a furniture superstore. And how and why it got to be that way is this church's story of hope. When I went through my, my SEND Network training, like one of the training guys at NAM, he asked us this question, what will your church do that 10,000 other churches aren't doing? Aaron Taylor was facing a dilemma. He was getting ready to launch a new church in Powell, Ohio. Powell is a suburb of Columbus. And even though it was Aaron's hometown, he didn't quite know how to get his foot in the door, spiritually speaking. Powell is a you know, middle, upper-class community. There's not a lot of physical needs where we are. How do you get in the living room to have conversations with people in communities that are wealthy and have a lot? That's hard. It's hard. They don't, they don't want strangers in their living rooms. So the answer to that question, what is your church going to do that 10,000 arms? Like, I don't know. The answer to that question took Aaron Taylor down a surprising path. It took him into homes and neighborhoods in his own hometown he didn't even know existed. This is Stories of Hope, episode number 93, What 10,000 Churches Aren't Doing. Aaron Taylor grew up in the Columbus suburb of Powell, Ohio. After serving on staff in a number of Ohio churches, God began to stir in him a need to start a new church somewhere. He just wasn't sure exactly where. My wife and I, we would just drive through these communities on a regular basis, just trying to discern where God was calling. And we came through Powell one evening and I said, you know what, I've never shown you the church I grew up in. And when we pulled into the parking lot of this church, um, the church was leveled. It was literally a pile of concrete. And uh, we stopped in that parking lot and I looked at my wife and I said, I'm pretty sure this is where God wants us to come. We understand the culture of Columbus. Like, it just makes sense for us to start a church in the community that we're familiar with. To Aaron, it all made perfect sense. Where better to start a new church than the town where he grew up? It was a community he knew like the back of his hand. Or it was a community he thought he knew like the back of his hand. Unknown to Aaron and the rest of his church planning team, there was a nearby neighborhood full of refugees from other parts of the world. Three, four miles from here, man, there's a lot of folks with some pretty deep physical needs. There's a lot of immigrants and refugees, you know, in our side of the city that we were totally unaware of. Jennifer and Joe Kibbe are part of Living Hope's church planning team. They are also Columbus natives, and this refugee community was a surprise to them too. Powell, Dublin, Columbus was seen as upper class. 
But we had no idea that there was pockets of refugees and immigrants that get sent here. So that was a huge shock for us. But now we look at it like, man, not everybody can go on a mission trip and travel around the world, but we don't have to. God's brought them right here in front of us. I think in order to reach someone with the gospel, you have to first of all meet their physical need, their, their instant need. You know, you gotta make them feel like a human being with dignity again. Back then, there was a charity that was already helping the refugee community. They would take donated couches and deliver them to new residents. Aaron and his new church had a truck, and so they offered to help with deliveries. Coming alongside this charity, Aaron and the Kibbies saw the possibilities, but they also saw a bigger need. And as we thought about that, it's like, well, if we did have a store, then we could also, they could come and pick out their stuff, which would give us multiple points of contact with the same people. Then we just expand the opportunity to share the gospel with them, because that's the ultimate goal. If we give them a bed, but they die and don't know Jesus, it was pointless. So what does a year-old church do? They decide to try and open a furniture store for refugees. We're a small church plant. We brought it to the church attention. We had all these dreams. We're like, look, but if we can't raise the money, and so it was about $25,000 that we needed, if we can't raise it in 30 days, then we're going to take it as a sign, no. So the church raised more than $25,000 in just 22 days. For Aaron, the Kibbies, and the rest of the church, that was the sign they needed to move ahead. It was also an answer to Aaron's early question in starting the church. What are we going to do that 10,000 other churches aren't doing? This ministry is not just putting them in the living rooms of the refugees, but also in the living rooms of many of the other people of Powell. Every month, we're, we're standing in the living rooms of 15 to 20 families, not just those who we're taking stuff to, but those who we're getting stuff from. And what if we were the bridge from those who have to those that need a little bit of help right now. And that's really what the Finding Hope Center has served um, as for this community. And the phrase that we use all the time is, we're gonna deliver this couch and we're gonna bring Jesus with us. Now, the Finding Hope Center doesn't look like anything 10,000 other churches are doing. It sits in a nondescript business park. There's a church office in the front and a warehouse in the back. The uniqueness of what happens inside is plain to see only when you approach the front door. If you were to pull in our parking lot here, um, you'd see a sign right on our front door that just in big bold letters says the word hope. And that's what we want to be known for here. They spend about five minutes or so, sometimes 10 minutes with a volunteer before we ever take them back into the warehouse to pick out anything that they may need physically. Jennifer Kibbe is the first person furniture shoppers meet. Well, I think for a lot of them, especially the refugees, they're coming with just the clothes on their back. And they're trying to start all over again in a whole country they, they can't even, a lot of them can't even communicate with. And they're not here. Some of them aren't here in the beginning because they want to be. They're here because they had to come here. So when they come in, we don't want to say, we want to help you. We want to say, how can we serve you? It's just awesome to know that we're helping people in need. And not just helping them, we're walking beside them. I want them to associate Christians with me and those people were generous. They, they gave us nice things. They cared for us. They loved us and they served us well. Shoppers are then led back to the showroom where they can choose anything they might want or need. Here, couches and recliners and chairs and tables are stacked on shelves that reach 30 feet to the warehouse ceiling. The selection is huge and the quality is high. Then we head and they can pick out. We have 
a bunch of recliners, um, which is really cool. Our couches and recliners are brand new, if not practically brand new. We have another small space in the warehouse where they can pick out brand new sheets, brand new pillows, um, comforters, anything they need if they got a bed. We've designed it in a way where the first thing we want them to see is what they know they're coming to get. And then we want them to be able to walk into a space where they weren't expecting that and to hopefully bring a little bit of dignity, a little bit of joy back into their lives. So we are very picky. You come in here, you're only gonna get what we'd be okay putting in our house as well. Like we wanna have stuff that you are proud to have in your house. There's just extra things that we wanna bless these families. And so in there, if they have a, a child, we let every kid take home at least two boxes of sugary cereal. They're gonna get some Lucky Charms and Cocoa Puffs and they're pumped. Um, every kid gets a, a brand new toy. We've got Barbies and monster trucks and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, every kid also gets a brand new book. We have personal hygiene stuff, such as like deodorant, shampoos, toothpaste, toothbrush. Um, if they have infants or young children, we provide them with diapers. There's so much stuff in that room in such a small space. We've got, we've got pack and plays, we've got jumpers, we've got exercisers for kids, like just so much stuff in that room and they can have any of it. The Living Hope Church is now three years old, and the Finding Hope Center has not just changed the lives of refugees, it's changed the church. Think of Columbus, Ohio, you think of Powell. You just think of your average American, very just Caucasian, white congregation, to just in a matter of months, you're starting to see kind of more of this multi-ethnic thing happening, um, which is awesome. You know, we've got people in our church now from other nations that came and that are part of the Living Hope family because they came through the Finding Hope Center. Sixto was one of those people. He and his wife and three children escaped chaos in Venezuela and had been living in a one-bedroom apartment with no beds and no furniture until they heard about Finding Hope. You always doubt, is this true or not? Will I have to pay something? My wife said, let's see how it goes. The volunteers invited Sixto and his family to come to church, so they did. Why did I stay at this church? The truth is, the day I came in here, I felt very comfortable. They've received us with arms wide open, and I found love. We found love, which is most important. Now, Sixto is part of a crew that delivers couches to refugees. And for Aaron, everything comes back to that first question he heard when he and his friends were first starting a church. What will you do that 10,000 other churches aren't already doing? We would have never, when we were planting Living Hope meeting in my living room, no one ever said, are you guys ever gonna start a furniture store to minister to immigrants and refugees? But now, this is what we do. I don't know who we're gonna be in five years. I know who we are right now. What I do know is I'm gonna leave my hands wide open and whatever you want us to do, even if it's not on my radar right now, man, I'm gonna run so fast through that door. Like, we're just gonna go. It's incredible to see what God's allowed us to do. So we've got families now that are like members of our church. We never would have planned for it. However, when we look back, we can't see doing it any other way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories of Hope. If you'd like to learn more about how Aaron and his church welcome and build relationships with refugees and internationals, 
you can visit them online at livinghopecolumbus.com. If you're looking for practical tips on how you and your church can care for internationals, go to sinrelief.org. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to Stories of Hope. You'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. Go to Apple or Spotify Podcasts and search for Stories of Hope. And finally, if you'd like what you've heard today, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. This is Bryant Wright with Sin Relief. Join me in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.